0: Hello and welcome to Fastener Talk, I'm the host Will Lowry and today we will be carrying on our series of fasteners and podcasts where we look at issues or topics involving the fastener markets. Previous podcasts have focused on additive manufacturing, augmented reality or the EV market. For today I will be speaking to Scott Bibby, Managing Director at Corehouse so please enjoy fasteners and modular housing. Hi, Scott. Thank you very much for joining us today. Hi, Will. It's a pleasure to be joining you. Great. Can you tell me more about CoreHouse and its mission?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So CoreHouse is a hybrid um, off-site manufacturer. So we do um, a mix between uh, volumetric pods, which include bathrooms, kitchens and 2D panels uh, for the wall system. Our mission is to transform new build housing delivery. Okay, and how do you, how are you looking to do that? So, with the approach that we have, and um, we've looked at all of the challenges within offsite construction, um, things like um, you know skill shortages, uh, flexibility on site, efficiencies, quality, um, and we've come up with um, Core House. So, um, we we manufacture offsite. We have multi-skilled uh, operatives who can come from any industry and be upskilled to deliver our product. The product itself, if you take a look at other industries such as automotive, aerospace, they've been successfully for a long time um, looking at standardisation and flexibility. So we've sort of replicated that and took that across into construction where we have a standardised core. So you have the the similar layout for the centralised part of the home um with a customizable external finish so our homes can be situated in any location and meet the surrounding area uh, which we believe gives us an advantage in the market and will support the transformation of the housing sector kind of in essence what is kind of modular housing solutions or construction modern methods of construction although the name indicates that it's recent has been around for for quite a long time now and people unfortunately Um, Related to the post-war prefabricated homes, a hell of a lot's changed since then, including materials, technology, design, um, skills. And what we have in this day and age is uh, basically a solution um, which is um, completely different to the, the offering, which I mentioned before. Uh, it's anything that's that's sort of built off site. I mean, there's, there's things which are classed as modern methods of construction, which are actually on building sites, such as efficiencies like uh, brick slips and render, which will replace your traditional um, brick or block on site.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's anything really that is innovating um, and relatively new in the construction sector.
0: OK, so you mentioned that you can build off site there. I mean, uh, kind
1: of how does it work within the process? Yeah, so our system specifically, we use a light gauge steel um, superstructure. So we receive stacks of steel in stick form. They'll come into the factory, we assemble them into a panel, a cassette or a pod, and then we add all the value off-site and take care of the complicated part of the build. So things like the bathroom, the kitchen, um, your electrical, your plumbing, is all done in our factory in a controlled environment, which allows for better quality because we have that standardization and repetition, we can gain efficiencies as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We complete to about 80%, 90% inside the factory. And then we're very smart as well about how we transport the site. So everything from a manufacturing point of view is um, in the correct order and the correct sequence. So when we transport the site in a kit of parts, it's, it's easier to assemble on site. So you, you carry on those efficiencies there. And we have our superstructure up and watertight. Um, within a couple of days and then there's just the the finishing parts to do so um, your decoration um, and some finishing touches to be added as well as the the key connections with the foundation and the services so that must really speed up the whole kind of construction process really oh uh, massively i mean if you if you look at the savings in time the fact that you can start construction on site as in your foundations your roadworks and your sewer's whilst you're building the superstructure off-site you can pretty much half the overall project time which allows you to get a quicker return on investment and reduces your site costs as well. Big benefits there really isn't there possibly? Yes huge benefits.
0: What are the challenges when it comes to kind of the modular
1: housing and and what you're doing? I would say some of the main challenges are perception and mindset of traditional construction which is changing now but Clearly, a lot of people don't like change. You know that they're a bit cautious of it until they can see it proven. So it's it's convincing people that it works, and the way that we'll do that is by consistently delivering on time to the right quality at, at the right cost. Um, so mindset would be one of them. Mm-hmm. A follow on from that would be the sort of conditions that the traditional construction market set up for. So a lot of people would be paid for work that's already been done. Um, you know, follow on from that. Whereas for offsite construction, you know you've got to purchase all of the materials and support your overheads before you then deliver on site. But that is changing. A lot of customers now are sort of switching onto this and realizing that you know the, the conditions around construction have got to change to enable this. Mm-hmm. Um, Homes England are a massive influencer as well, so they've recently announced that 25% of their funding has to be utilised on MMC. Um, So that's that's a game changer, really. And also getting the likes of the banks to look at the terms and conditions around uh, the financing.
0: You mentioned the perception there. How do you ensure, is it about ensuring the reliability and the durability of modular housing to give that confidence to people?
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you look at, again, if you go back to the prefab homes after the war, they actually, in a lot of cases, lasted longer than they were intended for. With what we're delivering, the life expectancy is exactly the same as a traditional build. In fact, a lot of the materials and stuff that we use, you know, they're not brand new. It's just the intelligent way in which we um, which we integrate them into the system. So things like warranties, um, mortgages, the the life expectancy and duration is exactly the same as a as a traditional home, if not better. You mentioned materials there. Kind of, what are the common materials that are used in this? So the the key difference, I would say, is the superstructure itself, which for us is uh, mainly light-gauge steel. There is some hot-rolled steel in there as well, um, just for rigidity purposes on the pods. But the superstructure is made out of steel. Um, The external finish. One of the main selling points about Corehouse is the flexibility with, with the finish that I mentioned before. So we can scale up or down. The off site element, whereby some of the sites we could provide our solution and then do traditional brickwork on the external, or in some cases, we can do a full through wall system, which would have things like brick slips and um, render or panels applied to them. So we can be flexible with the external finish, and that would dictate the types of materials that we use. Internally, same materials what you have in a traditional home your plaster board, your, um, your skirting boards, the kitchens that we use, the bathrooms that we use. It's just that the, the types of things that we're using, working with the suppliers, are innovating. So pre-plumbed systems um, that we can integrate, um, wiring harnesses, similar to what you would get in automotive, rail, or aerospace, whereby the you've got a loom there already pre-assembled and we just put that into our, into our product. So it's just using the latest innovation um, from all the supply chain. But to answer your question the same type of materials that you'd see on a traditional construction site.
0: We are just going to pause the conversation so we can hear from our podcast sponsor.
1: We create surfaces, complex and innovative, decorative or functional, mission-critical and life-enhancing every day, now and in the future. Adote, a global leader in surface finishing solutions.
0: So from a house owner perspective, would they notice really any difference between kind of a modular solution that you'd provide and kind of a more traditional one?
1: No, in answer to that, they definitely wouldn't. Uh, we, we did a prototype a few years back on a site where we'd done some uh, light gauge steel and some traditional um, brick block timber. And you cannot tell the difference between the two. You can go in there and there's there's, there's really no difference. And that's that's the sort of key thing for us that. You can't tell the difference. The the benefits on top of that are the fact that it's engineered. You know, we know exactly where every single cable is and every single pipe is. So from a serviceability point of view, mm-hmm. if you're ever doing any modifications, repairs, or extensions on the home, you know exactly where things are. Whereas traditionally, you've always got that concern when you're putting a shelf up that like you might hit a pipe or a cable, or um, you know, if you if you're trying to modify the home in some way you're always looking for those services whereas we know exactly where they are and the end user will have a manual digitally and a hard copy so they know where these things are
0: Mm -hmm. so it seems like there's kind of a lot of opportunities here for the construction market kind of to really change how how it builds houses and how it develops
1: oh there's this huge opportunities you know and my, my father's a traditional house builder um and He's, he's been around the factory recently, and his eyes are wide open, and he's sort of asking about all the products that we're using, and he can he can see the benefits to it. As can everybody else. It's just a case of now um, proving it, delivering it, um, mm-hmm. and then then it'll become the norm over time.
0: So, how kind of maybe a percentage? I'm not sure whether you'd be able to know one. Or how much would you say modular housing is currently being used within the UK
1: market? It's a very very small percentage. I believe it's around five percent. Okay. at the moment so it doesn't really take a large market share but that is changing and with the 25 percent homes england uh influence that is that is going to continue to change and once people see the benefits then the you know well why would they not why would they not reap the rewards from it
0: mm-hmm. i mean are there are there any limitations when it comes to modular housing
1: limitations Um, I guess depending on the type of modular housing so the categories are varied so full volumetric homes which again a lot of people are familiar with whereby Mm -hmm. you get half a home delivered and then the rest of it which is already pre-completed if you had a hard to reach site let's say there was a low bridge or a restriction somewhere then that would limit um, that type of construction with core house we've we've thought about those challenges so our pods are the same size as a steel container, so you, you can get them on the back of a um, back of a wagon without needing to have an escort vehicle, for example. So depending on the category of MMC, you would have restrictions. But we do believe that Corehouse has identified those challenges and implemented them into our solution. You
0: recently opened a, a new production plant in the north of England. What does this plan
1: enable you to do? So what we've started, we did the first factory built unit with the team and there's four homes, which are about 80% complete at the moment. So it's allowing us to develop the product further, prove the capability and the concept and deliver up to 150 homes a year from this site. Now, this is sort of phase one in our strategy. Um, We plan to deliver 1,000 homes a year in five years' time. So what we've created here is a process and a system which can be and copied and pasted into other sites across the uk
0: okay and so i suppose it is that the the automation side of things or, or trying to create that production process for the housing where the real benefits are when it comes to modular housing
1: yeah that's exactly it i mean there's there's already automation in the industry our process is quite straightforward um to be honest with you at the moment and i don't believe the product lends itself to to mass automation yet until we have the volumes so a bit of chicken and the egg really you don't want to invest millions and millions and millions into a moving line until you know that you've got the the um the pipeline of work there to fulfill that but there's there's tons of opportunities my background um is from aviation rail um so i've i've seen automation firsthand and i know Mm -hmm. the benefits of it so there's a lot of things that i'm looking at now thinking that would be a, an easy decision and a, a good capital investment and a quick win um, so yeah the the interest has been phenomenal we've got quite a lot of interest for the pipeline for next year already and there's things which we've identified that will save us time money and um, give us an advantage for the future
0: okay and it- what is the current situation with the UK construction market? I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of factors influencing um, every sector over the last 18 months, of the pandemic. And then there's been lots of challenges regarding container freight issues and getting raw materials, et cetera. So how is UK construction doing currently?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a fair comment. I mean, the materials, clearly a massive problem at the moment, but that's global to be honest mm-hmm. with you, the likes of steel and um, and timber and everything else. It is looking like it should start returning to normal um, post-COVID and, uh, and Brexit. It has to, to be honest with you, um, because we're at the stage of development that we're at. You know, it hasn't really affected us too too much at the moment, but I know that others are struggling quite a lot. Aside from the materials, construction is the skill shortage. The average age of a bricklayer is 60 years old. Um, and it's it's the younger generations, you know, not really wanting to get into construction. It's something I'm genuinely passionate about and playing an active role in is inspiring the next generation of young professionals to, to join construction. The, the key thing for us is the fact that, um, you know, the conditions in which people work, um, the factory, we have clean environment. Uh, you know, you, you, you're not uh, open to the weather conditions using technology so the, the team have got tablets where they go around and do uh, quality checks and uh, update their work so mm-hmm. it, it is an attractive role and the fact that it's multi-skilled as well you know if I, if I was leaving school and someone said well you can be a plaster and you can plaster walls all day every day that wouldn't personally appeal to me but if you could have said well you can you can learn multiple trades and apply skills and have diversity in the role and you know no one no two days are the same and that will be something I'll be interested in. We've actually got two apprentices that have joined us, and they're doing a multi-skilled off-site um, qualification whilst working um, three or four days a week in the factory as well. So I think that is going to be a key changer, but it just takes time and takes a few years to get these um, younger generations inspired and interested in construction again. I mean, how do you see the modular housing market
0: developing in the future? I know you've mentioned here the, the 25% and that's a, a positive sign. Are there other areas where you see that modular housing might be gaining a bit more traction?
1: Definitely. Uh, private sector and traditional construction firms are looking at it now with um, you know ambitions to do their own, whether that's looking at site efficiencies, um, investing into an off-site solution or setting something up themselves. It's it's the way it's going, and you know if somebody's putting something in front of you and saying, you know this this is proven to benefit something, then you would be silly not to not to consider it and try and implement it yourself. So I think traditional construction will change. Um, Offsite construction will continue to grow, so the market share will increase. And mm-hmm. as I mentioned earlier, it should become the norm at some point.
0: What's modular housing like, kind of across Europe? Is it seem to be more? implemented there is, is there more appeal for it there or are they still focused on traditional markets as well
1: a little bit of both to be honest some countries more than others um you know the likes of japan have been doing it for quite a while um across europe you've got um germany and others that have been doing it um, not on not on mass scale and believe it or not the uk at the moment is one of the most innovative um in europe I can say that firsthand, really, from the off-site exhibition, which was on a few weeks ago. And we had quite a few Europeans saying that we are thinking about doing things differently and engineering things in a different way. So I guess it's it's probably shared. I don't see anybody as being you know, massively ahead of others as such, mm-hmm. um, but everybody's looking at each other, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, it must be quite exciting for you and, and the business kind of to be this where there's this new potential market and almost trying to be groundbreaking almost in what you're doing and and the things that you're
1: introducing it really is from a personal point of view you know i mentioned earlier that i had been involved with uh, with aerospace and rail and that's where i was and i was actually approached for this role and when i first looked at it and looked at the the, the co-house solution it did appeal to us and i do see the merits in it and it was a it was a decision that i didn't make lightly but something which i thought you know what it is there's there's a lot of merit to this, um, and this could be a complete game changer if we get it right. So, yes.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, what are the company's aims for, for the coming years? Have you have you got certain targets in mind?
1: We have. We want to um, steadily increase our pipeline of, of homes. We want to do that at a reasonable rate. We don't want to run before we walk. We want to build our reputation in the correct way. So prove what we can do to the right quality, the right standard. Uh, we're actually a social enterprise as well. So we're passionate about generating... Um, value in the areas which we operate we want to do that through creating you know good quality jobs and support and education which we've been doing we've been engaging with universities colleges and schools providing guest lectures Um, and we also want to invest a portion of our profits into the areas which we operate and the areas which need it most
0: Mm -hmm. and what, what about innovation I mean how important is that for you kind of going forward as well to be constantly developing
1: yeah, it's something that we that we actively promote and do. Our product itself is innovative. Um, however, there's products constantly coming onto the market now, which we're always open to. So networking, collaborating with others in the industry, which we've been doing actively to find the best product and the best solution. The collective feeling in off-site construction is that together we are stronger. So if one company, you know, catastrophically failed, that would affect the reputation of the whole industry. So mm-hmm. it's it's quite refreshing, actually, to be part of that and speak to other market leaders that are using these products um, from a safety point of view, from an efficiency point of view, and from a cost point of view. So what are the type of facet applications that you're using in, in modular housing? Uh, we have quite, a, quite a, um, a range, to be honest with you. Traditional um, screws, nails for timber, um, stuff that anybody would be used to on a construction site. One of the main differentiators is probably the um, the tech screws that we use on the steel. Uh, we have um, composite roof tiles which we can use as well as a product. Um, so a, a whole range of, um, of fasteners and fixings, and then we're looking at uh, recyclability of the product in the future as well, so that you know a hundred years plus down the line, if somebody wanted to disassemble the home, rather than you know, using the machine to rip it down, you might be able to disassemble it the same way much you installed it. So some exciting opportunities for for fixings in the future, I think.
0: Thanks, Scott. That's been really interesting. Uh, Thank you very much for your time. No problem, Will. It was a pleasure. And that was fasteners and modular housing. I would like to once again thank Scott for his time and for giving us an insight into an area that could become a key part of the construction market in the future. That's it for this episode and we are also approaching the end of Series 2 of Fastner Talk with just one more podcast in November. However, don't worry, we will be back with Series 3 at the start of 2022. If you would like to get involved and have a topic or issue you would like to discuss then please feel free to contact me at editor at verilamedia.com. Feel free to also visit fastnerandfixing.com to listen to any of our previous podcasts. Have a great day and you'll hear from us soon.